All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. The placebo effect has been looked down on, scoffed at, and written off as useless because it's all in your head. But lately, there has been a shift in that thinking, and we're starting to see the power that the placebo holds in athletic performance. Randomized trials and dedicated placebo studies have given us a much deeper understanding of the placebo effect and all its complex parts. Researchers have even used things like brain scans to show that there could be a physiological, not just a psychological, explanation for it. While there's still much about placebos that we don't understand, what's becoming clear is that there is more to it than simple deception. Doctors worry that a more broad acceptance of the placebo effect could be used to justify things like useless treatments or procedures. On the other hand, in sport and fitness, there's a growing idea that the placebo effect may actually be an integral part of what we call the champion's mindset. This idea has many scientists and coaches and athletes devoting more time to figuring out how they can use it to their advantage. First, let's lay out what exactly we're talking about here. The word placebo is a late 18th century Latin term, which literally means, I shall please. In modern times, the definition of a placebo is a harmless pill, medicine, or procedure prescribed more for a psychological benefit to the patient than for any physiological effect, or, as they explain at the Harvard Medical School, a favorable response to an intervention, a pill, a procedure, a counseling session, etc., that doesn't have a direct physiological effect. Now that's interesting. Take note of those words, harmless and direct. It's important to keep those in mind as we proceed, because there are many ways placebos could be harmful, and also, as we'll get to shortly, there are many indirect effects found. The most obvious example of a test that involves the placebo effect goes like this. A study participant is given a sugar pill and told that it will have a specific effect on them. Even though it is a sugar pill, that individual or group of individuals experience some effect or improvement in their condition. <laughs> Sound familiar? Well, this idea has moved well beyond medicine, and similar studies are also being done in sport and fitness. Placebo effects of varying strengths are reported in studies from weightlifting to endurance sports and everything in between. The findings from these studies suggest that many psychological variables like motivation, conditioning, and outcome expectancy mix with some less tangible psychological variables to create some significant factors for both positive and negative outcomes in sport. It's not clear how placebos improve athletic performance because the effects are so wide-ranging. In some sports, it could be reduced anxiety that leads to lower muscle tension, which makes the body more efficient and fluid. 
Or it could be a reduction in perceived exertion, or even pain. Or taking the placebo may simply plant a subliminal thought that motivates you to push yourself harder. More research is definitely needed, but one thing is certain, it works. I think one of the greatest examples of the placebo effect at work in sport is contained in a study that's called Placebo Effects of Caffeine on Cycling Performance. What makes this study special is that the researchers explored the placebo effect in cycling performance using both quantitative and qualitative methods. Now to do that, they took six well-trained male cyclists and had them perform two baseline and three experimental 10K time trials, which is where a cyclist rides as hard as they can alone for 10 kilometers. Now the cyclists were told that in the experimental trials, they would each receive either a placebo, 4.5 milligrams per kilogram of body weight of caffeine, or nine milligrams per kilogram of body weight of caffeine, and that would be assigned randomly. But in reality, placebos were given to all the experimental trials. There was no caffeine in any of the pills. The researchers also conducted interviews with the cyclists before and after revealing this decaffeinated deception to explore the subject's experience. Now comes the coolest part of the study. Not only was there a placebo effect noted during the study, but there was a dose-response relationship as well. The cyclists produced 1.4% less power than baseline when they believed they had ingested a placebo, but they produced 1.3% more power when they believed they had ingested the 4.5 milligrams per kilogram of caffeine and a whopping 3.1% more power when they believed they had ingested the 9 milligrams per kilogram of caffeine. Now, on top of that, during the interviews, all the cyclists reported feeling varying caffeine-related symptoms. So at the conclusion of this study, the researchers wrote, Quantitative and qualitative data suggests that placebo effects are associated with the administration of caffeine and that these effects may directly or indirectly enhance performance in well-trained cyclists, which just means that the placebo effect isn't just an on or off factor. It can also be dose dependent. Now, how cool is that? So common reasoning behind the success of the placebo effect is that it works because recipients don't know that they're getting a placebo. It's all about deception. But what happens if you know you're getting a placebo? Well, a 2014 study published in Science Translational Medicine delved into this by testing people's reaction to a migraine medication. One group of migraine sufferers took a drug labeled correctly with the name of the drug. Another group took a pill that was clearly labeled placebo. And a third group was simply left to suffer through their own migraine. At the end of the study, the researchers found that the bottle that was clearly marked as a placebo was still actually 50% as effective as the real drug. The researchers were left guessing why this was and eventually came to the conclusion that a driving force behind this paradoxical response was a byproduct of simply taking a pill. The migraine sufferers were able to activate their body's natural pain-killing defenses by simply taking a pill. 
And we see this again and again in the supplement business as well. People pop a vitamin because they heard it gives them better skin or clearer thoughts or reduced stress and lo and behold, it works. Despite the fact that there is very little scientific evidence that the ingredients do anything at all. And to add insult to injury, there is growing evidence that the supplements many people rely on have a four out of five chance of not containing what the label listed at all. So even if the ingredient does have some known effect, it may not be present in that capsule that you bought at your local supplement store anyway. This is also true in sports supplementation, and I can tell you many, many stories of athletes that I know popping all kinds of fringe supplements before a big race to hopefully get a boost in their performance. And you know what? I don't stop them. As long as there is no danger other than creating expensive urine, I let them believe because, like the cyclists in that study earlier, it might just work. Before I go on, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, all about metabolism. And his company, MetPro, continues to help thousands of people transform their bodies by hacking their metabolism through concierge coaching. Now, I spent a couple of months actually using MetPro a while ago, and it was a really cool experience, I have to say. MetPro is doing some really interesting and innovative work to help you better understand your body so you can get the results you want. And MetPro actually just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and the tailored strategy that their experts are using. And you know what? It's not a food logging tool or a workout app for that matter. The MetPro app actually allows you to start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to using science. And my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up if you head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to take advantage of this opportunity. That's metpro.co slash getfitguy for up to one month for free. Now, this idea of self-placeboing was also demonstrated in a weightlifting study called Expectancy Effects and Strength Training. This study tested the theory on competitive powerlifters by having them take a placebo or a sugar pill a few hours before a weightlifting session. And sure enough, the first group of powerlifters who were told that the pill was a steroid went on to lift 4% heavier weights than they usually do. Then there was a second group who, just like the migraine sufferers, were actually told that they were receiving a placebo. Those lifters still lifted heavier weights than they previously had lifted, even though they were told it was a placebo. Now, part of my brain thinks, okay, maybe this second group didn't believe the researchers and thought they were getting fooled into thinking the pill wasn't going to help them in some sort of scientific sleight of hand. But this thought is put to rest when we take into account that all of the lifters had prior knowledge of how steroids work and that any steroids would take weeks to add strength and muscle to their body. They all knew that taking any type of steroid just a few hours before a session would have pretty much no effect. And yet, they still performed better. There's an old saying that mathematicians don't play the lottery because they know the odds of winning are, well, terrible. But sociologists say that the pleasure people get from simply imagining what they would do with all their lottery winnings is worth the price of the ticket. So, even if the majority of the supplements, drinks, injections, and crazy devices don't 
work, they're still worth the price of the ticket. Again, and to continue with this lottery analogy, the advertisements for these various lotteries are so enticing and convincing and pleasant that we can't help but want to believe or buy into the hype. Well, the hype around supplements, shoes, recovery tools, and whatnot is equally convincing and exciting. And the more hype that we believe, the more gains we will actually experience, placebo or not. This reminds me of a story that I recently heard runner and sports writer Alex Hutchinson tell, which falls into this same deceptive category. Alex told us that as a college junior, he'd been stuck running around a 401 or a 402 for 1500 meters for a couple of years. Then suddenly, he ran a 352 at a small track meet in the Canadian province of Quebec. He attributes this sudden success in part to his mid-race splits actually being shouted out to him incorrectly and several seconds off what he was actually running, perhaps because of the bilingual nature of that part of Canada that he was racing in. This error now led him to believe that he was running faster than he actually was, and after reconciling that pace with his feeling of exertion, he was able to dig deeper than he normally would have for the remainder of the race. And in the next two races after that, he continued to get faster until he ran a 349 and then a 344. Alex said that he has been a believer in the mind's role in endurance sports ever since. And I take this as a sign that a placebo can come in more than just a pill, injection, or beverage form. It can even be shouted at you in a Quebecois accent. My takeaway from all of this is that we shouldn't look down on placebos. As long as the risk of taking them is acceptably low, writing them off as a trick or something fake is truly selling them short. They are as powerful as we need them to be. And again, as Alex Hutchinson said in an interview for the Endurance Planet podcast, one man's placebo is another man's positive outcome. Whether it's telling our training partner that she will get much faster if she starts doing these cutting-edge running drills, or allowing ourselves to believe the hype around those new compression pants you've seen all over the internet, the placebo effect can indeed give you an edge. If you can crack the code, there is research showing that it can increase our performance from between 4 to 20%. And that is true even if we know that it is a placebo. And finally, if you do find yourself believing the hype around a vitamin, a device, or a cool new piece of gear, well, perhaps you don't need to find every shred of scientific evidence to support it before you make the purchase. Whether it turns out to be the purchase itself or the placebo effect that is giving you the edge, it is likely worth the price of the ticket. For more placebo info, deceiving tips, or to join in the tricky conversation, you can find me at facebook.com slash getfitguy, where every second Friday, I answer your questions live in a Facebook Live event. So look for that at facebook.com slash getfitguy. You can also find me at twitter.com slash getfitguy. And of course, all the show notes and transcripts of every single podcast can be found at getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com. Now, my name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the Get Fit Guy, asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit. Go get fit.